Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for the post-match pint in association with Purity. We've given it a few days because, quite frankly, absolutely nobody wants to talk about this game. It was horrendous, but I have managed to drag Neil away from whatever he was doing to talk to me about Sunday's disaster class at St James's Park. Neil, welcome. Just a, a horrible, horrible game. The, the kind of performance I thought Villa had left behind them, but it came back with vengeance on Sunday. It just really was dismal all round, wasn't it? Not impressive. Not that impressive. And and you you kind of hit the nail on the head and we could probably end the podcast right now. Something we thought Aston Villa left behind them, I mean, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months or even a year or so ago. Um, but that was real 2021 football um, that we saw there. Uh, and, and, and that's something, as you say, that was a bit deflating, I think, more so than anything else, because it was the same culprits, the same people, the same the same areas of the field that we were kind of uh we, we we kind of went to sleep in and were found wanting in again yeah Stephen Gerrard slumped in his chair looking like the weight of the world was on his shoulders is the image that will stay with me from that mm-hmm. game on Sunday and obviously you know I'm not getting on Gerrard's back no I don't think any football fan or Villa fan in their right mind is going to be giving Stephen Gerrard a hard time but he did just look absolutely bewildered with what was unfolding in front of his eyes on on Sunday, and it was it was a tough watch for him. He's a tough watch for the fans. I feel sorry for the fans that that made that trip on Sunday because it's a long, long way. I mean, it's a long, long way up those steps to get to get to the away end to, to have to sit there and endure that for ninety minutes. Because I said on Twitter after the game, there was absolutely nothing that Aston Villa Football Club did well in that game. No. Um... I mean, well, got, uh, got a goal chalked off by VAR. We're pretty good at that. Normally, uh, so. <laughs> yeah, we're all right at that, aren't we? <laughs> Nothing positive that. that we did, I think, as well. Yeah, and I even I even stopped there to try and think. Um, and 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 you're right. There, there was very little, I suppose. A full back player was okay. Uh, two centre halves were were okay. 
you know. But but I suppose the areas that we we had so much kind of excitement and delight in the areas where we've had a lot of stability in, and the areas where we thought we like where we're hoping to see leaders develop from. Like to, like it, Sunday was just one of those days where nothing went right for them. You know, we didn't have a centre forward in the first half. We couldn't hold the ball up there. And as much as and, and look, we're not digging out players. I, I, I'm going to big caveat here. We might start talking about maybe players who didn't play well in this game. That's not to say that they're not good players. It's not to say that we think they should be sold, they should be dropped or anything. Strictly for me, it's a commentary on on the game itself. But, you know, it was very yeah, difficult. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pick out individuals, but it's yes. worth saying every single player that was on the pitch was awful. Yeah, yeah. And like this isn't a pile on, a pile on them. We're giving commentary on the match that we watched, I suppose. And it's important to distinguish between that because like you go back two weeks ago, we would have been raving about some of these players. You know, mm. it's just this in this particular game, it wasn't very good. And, and Ali <coughs> Watkins, the ball just couldn't stick to him up there. And Dan Byrne had a field day with him up there. And, and that caused an awful lot of issues then as we come back into midfield, midfield, trying to get closer to him to get the ball which I don't really agree with a long ball going to him, but it was, that's what happened. And we should have been able to adapt to that. So midfield were there and they were on their heels then trying to get back. And I thought our two centre halves played okay. A lot of people criticizing, criticizing Callum Chambers. I, I didn't really see it. Um, and I know why people would be criticizing the Callum Chambers and stuff, because maybe bring the ball out of, out of defense and possession and, and little things like that. But, it all stems from not being able to get the ball stick, to stick up top. And you go back to the game against Watford at the start of the season. We couldn't create chances and we couldn't really get the ball to stick up top. And when we lost the ball, we were hitting the counter-attack. That was day one of this season. Mm. And you kind of saw a bit of that again this weekend. While albeit we didn't get we didn't get uh we didn't lose traction from a lot of the ball that broke down. We gave away the ball gave the ball away 136 times in the in the game. Hundred and thirty. That must be up there with some sort of a record. Yeah, it would have to be. That that is awful numbers. I mean, it's worth saying at this point as well. I didn't think Newcastle were great. I thought they they were ordinary. They were relatively solid. I mean, Eddie Howe, not what you'd associate him with, but he has solided them up and it's solidified them quite well and they were solid, although we didn't particularly trouble them. One thing I noticed was <clears throat> sorry, I need to clear my throat. <clears throat> One thing I noticed was this isn't, this isn't like saying we were unfortunate or unlucky in any way at oh. all when I say this. Every time the ball was loose, it was never a Villa player anywhere near it. Every time the ball was cleared, it was a go to a Newcastle player. And I'm talking both ends there, either team clearing the ball. It would go to a Newcastle player. We just looked miles off it all over the pitch. And I said this to you earlier and I put it on Twitter. I think the system's been found out a little bit. Yep. You know, when Gerard first came in, we played these two number 10s, fullbacks bombing on, central three in midfield, keeping it relatively safe, covering off the fullbacks when they came forward so that we didn't get done on the break. Kind of feels like that has been found out a little bit now, doesn't it? Because we didn't really have an answer when that wasn't working. There wasn't anything else being conjured up anywhere from the players or the manager. I agree. And John Joe Shelby, for me, was brilliant at the weekend. And that, and sick- that sickens me that you're saying doesn't that. It? Yeah, and I sickens messaged- me. I, made, I sent it to a message group where and I said, if Villa had John Joe Shelby, we win that game. John Joe Shelby, oh. we win that game at a canter. And that, that'll tell you. You, you. you hate to hear that now. You absolutely hate to hear it because he's bang average. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it's just, it's that type of player that I always felt that, you know, that even if Newcastle were to go, if we were to equalise, somebody like Shelby might have, you know, tried to dig in his heels inside there. But um, the reason I brought him up was he was able to cover both Buendia and he was able to cover uh, Coutinho. So, when we look back at the Leeds game, and we got a lot of lot of uh, purchase in the Leeds game because of their high line, so we were able to bring our tens closer to our our, our 
eight because we didn't really, we didn't play a six in this game either. Um, you know, Douglas Tweed and and the two the other two guys played for my money from what I saw, and I haven't looked at any position maps or anything because just I don't think I'd be able to garner much from it. But those guys played more flat in in midfield. And uh, what happened, I thought, was that Shelby was able to, to marshal the two, the, the two tens. So when we dropped deeper, because they didn't have a high defensive line, their defensive line wasn't high at all, because they didn't have that. When Coutinho and Bundy got the ball, there was nowhere for them to go because everybody was packed on top of each other. And Watkins was a mile away from them up top on his own. So for me, I thought that that was, you know, the Leeds game looked an awful lot better and we were able to get in behind them because they were able to get turned and get quick passes away. But this time... When they were passing the ball, there was nowhere really to go. It was so congested. Um, but the reason it was that congested was because Shelby was able to pick off either of those two guys, and he just moved moved back and forth between the two of them, and allowed Joe Linton and um, and Joe Willock then to 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 play through the to, to uh, mop up then in between the three that we had uh, in midfield. So for me, it was um, for me it was disappointing the lack of ingenuity, and 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 for me, I I kind of. And when I look back at the game, I was kind of disappointed again because it felt like we had to get our full backs to touch the ball before we're allowed to attack. It felt like, you know, when you, you go out and you do a training session with people and you kind of say, right, you have to have four touches before you can before you can shoot. It felt like we had to get the ball to our full backs before we're allowed to attack. And, and that made us very predictable, along with our centre-halves carrying the ball out of midfield. And, and I know I'm going on very long to answer this, but I've a lot to get off my chest, Dan, a lot to get off my chest. But We've had nice <laughs> to stew as well now as well. <laughs> we, and, and I said this in, in our own podcast, I did an immediate reaction. And, and I'll be honest with you, at, at times I was... I, I look back at it and at times I thought I went an awful lot more fire and brimstone than I did. But... Um, one of the big things that annoyed me a bit or is beginning to annoy me, and I saw it against Leeds and it worked, was Tyrone Mings brought the ball out of defence against Leeds. We didn't play a six. We didn't play that pivot player that usually takes the ball from the centre halves. And we didn't do it against Newcastle either. And what it allowed us to, what it allowed them to do was to park inside the midfield, allow our centre half to carry it forward, knowing that he was going to run into a bank of 10 people. And then what that, all, what that made, made him do, made them do was either pass the ball to, uh, a 50-50 opportunity, you know, one that wasn't wasn't guaranteed, which left led led to us giving away the ball. Pass it out wide to our fullbacks, which is completely predictable, or go long. And if you go out to our fullbacks, it slows down our attack. If you go long, it also turns it into a probably about a 20 percent uh, chance that we're going to win the ball if we go long. So it was very easy for them to park there and allow us to carry the ball through. It looks fantastic when a centre half carries the ball out of defence, and a lot of pundits will talk about it and say this is great, but if a team is allowing you to do that, the reason they're allowing you to do that is because they're setting up to be so, they're allowing you to go so far and they're just going to set up. And, and, you know, you really need to have ingenuity around there. And we just didn't um, when, once, once the defenders came out with it. And it made us actually pretty predictable. Yeah, pretty ponderous, wasn't it? The defence would come out. And you, you say Chambers and Mings, when they, when they did try and come out, they were almost a bit frustrated with what was going on in front of them. I mean, I want to defend Callum Chambers slightly because I think he's played less than 400 minutes this season. Yeah. So he's coming into a new team. It's very difficult to come in and play your first game. And to be involved in a performance like that is not ideal, and he's given away a free kick that we that they've ended up scoring from. So all in all, Chambers probably won't look back on the day favourably. But I'm not, I'm not going to dig him out because, as I say, he's played under 400 minutes. But when they're coming out with the ball, like you say, it's slow. But it's slow because there's nothing in midfield. Mm. It's so it's so static. There's nothing going on in front of them with Louise Ramsey and, and McGinn in that game. I find him McGinn a, <clears throat> a real issue at the moment. Because in most games, you can say, playing that that's left of the central midfield, Ramsey's offering something, he's driving with the ball, he's making things happen, he's scoring goals. 
So he, I can't have coffee. <coughs> so it can't... It, in a way, I feel like it can't be the system because he's working on that side with Ramsey. But on the other side with McGinn, and I know Cash is probably the one who's getting furthest forward, he's just been completely curtailed. We're not really seeing any anything from McGinn at all, either going forwards or backwards. He tried a few long passes that just didn't come off. Maybe it was just a bad day at the office from him. But I just don't feel he's as involved in games as he should be. And I look back to the Leicester game before Christmas. I thought that was his best ever game in a Villa shirt. Mm. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And I thought, right, Gerrard's found found out how to, to get McGinn ticking here because I, I felt like Dean Smith had kind of not, not found the rhythm for McGinn this season. But it's gone again. It's been a long time since that Leicester game. And that's that's going back to the is the system, you know, was the system an issue at the weekend? Because if you're just going to have John McGinn, you know, filtering into those channels to pick up when Maddie Cash goes forward, are we really utilizing John McGinn? You know, are we getting the most out of John McGinn? John McGinn's a work rate guy. You know, that's his that that's where he makes his money. You know, is the fact he's great. He's very good. He's good on the ball. He's a good carrier. He's all work rate. But if he's if he's just patrolling a channel almost like a wing back, while Maddie Cash goes forward, and you know, we said we're going to mention people. I I do have a small piece on Maddie Cash about how ponderous he gets when he gets around the box, and he he should have been driving at Mankio when he realized he was injured, but he was very very pedantic when he got up there and came back a small bit or even crossed it and hit Mankio with a couple of crosses, you know. So um, Matty Cash needs to do a bit more when he gets around the box. But but for me, utilising McGinn in that area to to basically have him mind the house while Cash goes forward is not the best use of John McGinn in my view. And we saw it a small bit too much at the weekend. And as you say, it plays him out of the team, out of the game essentially. And when he's your he's your um he's your vice captain. You know, he's your voice. Well, he, got, he got subbed, didn't he? And that is yeah. something that never really happens. And uh, I don't think it's happened under Gerard before. And it did not happen under Dane Smith, if, if ever. If did it ever happen oh. under Dane Smith? I'm not sure. McGinn never seemed to be the full guy. Did you feel like that was some kind of statement from Gerard doing that? I don't know if it was a statement. I just think it was he wasn't playing very well. I, like, what, what, was, what was more of a statement for me was he brought Kearney on for him when. It wasn't a like for like substitution and it didn't really work. You know, it didn't really spark anything in into I mean, did it, did anything it was, work no. the weekend? Nothing. I can't even anything that worked. As I said earlier, VAR worked, unfortunately, as mm. it usually does against us, but it's just bad. Bad, yeah. bad, bad. Like even, even when we look at it, you know, when you look at the goal <clears> we concede, and it goes back you go oh. back to it as well, Dan, that you know, nothing nothing went right for us. We uh, that goal you concede. Where, where Emi Buendia stands is Emi Buendia makes another man in the wall, yes. But if you're that small, you kind of have to stand in between the, behind the two big Newcastle guys that are making the wall extra long because guess what? He's going to aim for those two guys who are not going to be there when the ball is kicked. So for me, it was a tiny bit of naivety and it looks great, John McGinn lying behind the wall and everything. That's fantastic. But if there's two big men on the edge of the wall that are not your players are in a completely different jersey, what's the likelihood <laughs> he's not going to aim for that area of the field, of the of the wall, you know. And that's what happened. He aimed for it. The two boys moved. Buendia, if Buendia was standing there when the boys moved, it would have just hit him and came out, which I think he should have been there in that position. Now, I'm no set-piece guru, but he wasn't. And he stood to the to the side of them and then actually made the wall even longer. And probably, to be honest with you, because he did that, that colour shirt on, get, made it easier for Trippier to aim for that position. Now he sticks out his leg and then sticking and then careers into the back of the net. Complete, look, I'm not blaming Buendia. I'm just saying it was a catalogue of, if 
you had to be in the wrong situation at the wrong time. That was exactly it, you know, and 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 you won't see another one of those goals this season um, for any team in the league, you know. It was just it was just synonymous with the way we played and the luck we didn't thought, have. Oh, I thought it was bizarre organisation from a set-piece I did from a free kick. I, I really thought it... <clears throat> bloody hell. I really thought it was a bizarre organisation and but there's, you know, he's not even tall. So, you know, there's every chance he's going to hit him, with, hit him and take a weird deflection because he's, he's quite, quite a small player. I just thought the positioning was weird. I even thought Martinez's dive was... A, I know he took a deflection. I thought Martinez's dive was a little bit strange as, as well. And I was sat next to my dad watching that game. And when I got the free kick, I said, oh, when Trippi ever stepping up, this might as well be a penalty. And it was it was a penalty originally. Yeah. And it was overturned. So that was the only bit of luck we got. Um, because I think... I, I thought I was there. If that if that's a penalty, you know, and I know that isn't there some rule whereby if it's a penalty, you can't be sent off for something like that. There can't be double jeopardy, and is that rule still around? Or that even get? I mean, who knows the rules nowadays? I have to get Tom yeah. Julian back on. He, yeah. he might know the rules, but no, and the rules are just all over the place at the moment. But yeah, I just just that's just a really bad goal, and this is the thing: the last four goals we've conceded. Yeah, they're all bad. All bad. Every yeah. three, all three against Leeds, awful. And this is the this is the worrying thing is is that. I thought this kind of thing had gone, but it's come back. Like I said at the start, it's come back with a vengeance over the last couple of games. The, the, the two games we've let in a poor selection of, of goals. And I think Gerard's starting to see mm, there might have been a reason Dean Smith lost, lost his job here. Because those kind of performances, that, they happened under Dina. Now there's been a couple under Gerard as well. The Brentford one's the only other one I can think of that was that was really bad. The others have, have been good performances in the moment. Do you know what I mean? The Brentford one felt like a stinker. This one feels like a stinker. Gerard's bewildered at the dugout, just not knowing what, what to do to change it. And then the worrying feeling I've got now going into Saturday is, first off, Ishmael is probably going to be back. That scares me because he's yeah. absolutely destroyed. I know it was Target, but he absolutely ripped us to shreds and he hasn't bloody played for months. And now he's coming back against us when we're a little bit out of sorts. So that's not great. The second thing is, is that I think there'll be probably three, four, five changes to that team. But the players that will come in, this is it. Massively convinced that they're better than the ones that would come out. I'd like to see Ings for Watkins for a game. Nothing against Ollie Watkins. I just think he's not doing it at the moment. I think Ings, Coutinho and Buendia will work, although I actually think Buendia might be one of the ones that comes out as well. I just feel like that works better for me. There's more balance there of, of, of how we can play football, short, sharp passes. I feel like that might work. The ball might stick to Ings. His link-up play is pretty good. But then where do you make the change? Because people talk about midfield... Sanson is isn't a Sanson isn't a sitter for, for the life of him. Absolutely no chance. He isn't going to chuck one of the kids in. And so you're Kanza, looking at Kanza gives us uh, gives us an issue because there was your option of maybe I'll throw Chambers in defensive midfielder, but can't do it now. Yeah. Kanza went to go went doing that. Right so so where where are these changes? Where are they going to realistically come? I don't, other than Ings for Watkins, possibly Bailey for Buendia. Where where are them changes? Who is would Sanson come in for? No, it's, again, it's not a slight on Sanson. But he's not really the, the top. I can think of. I can't see it happening. But what I'm saying is, Sanson isn't the type of midfielder that we need to bring in at the moment into the team. You know, someone he flashed up at the start. Nakamba's a huge miss. I've never been a massive Nakamba fan, but under Gerard, he was starting to look really good. He just added something to, to that midfield that he'd win the ball, he'd keep it simple, and you just felt like we had a, a little bit of control in there when Nakamba played. It gets a bit frantic at times with this midfield. They've had good games as well. Don't get me wrong, they've had good games. But the last couple, you know, Ramsey scored a couple against Leeds. Excellent. There's been a few too many games now where I've looked at midfield and just thought, 
and a lot happening there. And that's not a dig at Ramsey because he's 20 and he's having an mm. exceptional season. But I think Louise and McGinn, they've got to stand up and be counted a little bit more at the moment. Yeah. And and like I mentioned, Kearney came on for McGinn. I just like, like I just haven't seen what we're going, what we will get from Kearney if we start him. So maybe he starts him, sees what we can get from him from, from the he start. He won't start there, will he? I mean, if he's going to play, he's going to be as one of the 10, surely. Well, why? Uh, there, there is something at the bottom. Might start young, and, and, and I'm certain in fact, that's that's probably, for that. That probably is what will happen. Young will probably, young, young might come in and play and just offer a bit of now and a bit of experience in there. But again, a lot, a lot, actually, a lot, a lot of what he's offered us since Gerard comes in. But is that a game changer for Dean us? Smith Probably got not. Panned for it. Dean, Dean Smith against West Ham. Dean yeah. Smith got absolutely emaciated for it. You know, and 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 I've never been a fan of him. I, I'm not even really a fan of him playing as a ten. now. you know, it's le- it's it's sub left back or or nothing really for me. Well, that's but, what he is now, isn't it? That's what Target's been allowed to go. That is what he's there for. Yeah, but 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 then if you start starting him in, in, as an eight in midfield, then are you devi- is, is is Jared deviating from his plan? You know, I was I was thinking he'd start as a ten, not as an eight. Mm. I don't think you can change that midfield three. I really don't. I don't think that changes. I wonder if I wonder if he if he stops playing with the two tens and goes with maybe a four two three one. So I just can't see him ripping it up. I, I I could with Leon Bailey back with another week behind underneath him. I could see maybe a Leon Bailey. Uh, Dia plays the right wing. Leon Bailey plays left wing. Our two left, our two left, uh, our two full backs uh, don't get as far forward. Um, West Catania. Coutinho plays as a 10. So Coutinho plays as the 10. Bundy on the right-hand side, Bailey on the left-hand side, Ings up front. And then, but then you have, you have to really be disciplined and McGinn and, and, and Douglas Louise minding the house. But if our and that's, we've, that's proven forward, that hasn't worked. That hasn't worked, has it? And then Ramsey's not in the team. If it, the flat three didn't work either at, at the weekend. And it didn't work against Leeds either, really. You know, we got bailed out by, by 20 minutes. Like, I, I remember in a, when my team sheet tantrum, I turned around and I said, guys, we would be here spitting feathers if it wasn't for 20 minutes of, of Coutinho. And, you know, we saw what happens when you don't get that 20 minutes of Coutinho on, on Sunday because we didn't and we looked really abject, you know. And, and we pretty much played the same system, same team. So it was, uh, I, I don't know, it's 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 a... It, it feels a lot more pivot, like a pivotal game at the weekend than it really should. Mm. You know? Yeah. I'm, I mean, Watford, famous last words. I watched them recently. I've watched them twice. They're awful. We should not be struggling at home to them. But you just, they need it. They're due a win, probably. They've not exactly been free scoring in the first few games of Hodgson's reign, but, you know, they're probably due a win. Now, I don't know if they've won even since they beat Manchester United, actually, and that was a long, long time ago. It just, it just, it just feels typical Villa. Suddenly, like, I'm looking at the table, and I'm not saying we're going to go down because I don't think that we will. But Newcastle are in free fall, like, a few weeks ago. And now I think they're six points off us yes. with the game in hand. Yeah. Is that right? I haven't got a table in front of me, but I feel like that's, that, 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 that's correct. But... That's not great, not a great position to be in. As I say, I don't think we'll go down. Three more wins is, is pretty much all, all we'll need. I think, yeah, we go. Three more wins will keep you safe. But do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? Certainly, you know, Everton, Newcastle teams that have not had good seasons by any stretch of the imagination, they ain't far off you. Newcastle haven't got the game in hand. Sorry, Everton who've got the game in hand. They're just, no. they're just not far off you, are they? And it's, it's all just gone a little bit wrong. One winning six in the league. I've loved what Gerard's done as well. I still feel really positive about him and what, what he's going so to bring to Villa. But one in six, not good. No. And yeah. And 
don't even know what point I was trying to make there. I don't think I even. No, made but one. I, I, I think I, I, it's. I suppose it's just kind of putting it all into perspective from the point of view of, um, you know, when we look for progression, and Christian Perslow has said a phrase that will come back and bite him at times. Whereas we let Dean Smith go because we wanted, we, we didn't feel that we were going to get continuous progression that we want as a as a leadership team. And he's he's just kind of really put, put Jared under the gun to, to to get that progression, um, and we could still do. Oh, we you know we finished tenth this season. There's progression, you know, and, mm-hmm. and and I'm not saying we won't, but I think what, the reason I'm mentioning that is because you said you you know you just mentioned that the team in in seventeenth position is only six points off us, um, and we came into a five five match run, and like this. You could now chalk this up for three seasons in a row where this team of players have come into a, ru- a run of games where you would feel that they would get a bounty of points. And we're looking after two games going, oof, the next few are, are tough now. You know, whereas before we were looking at this run of five games going, as we get 15 points here out of this. Now we're looking and we're Yeah, going, I was exactly what I was thinking. You know, I never learn. I never ever learn year in, year out, do I? <laughs> oh, that's exactly I, what I was, I was the same. thinking. I thought, we, I thought we'd rattle leads, which, and, and, and maybe, maybe, Maybe losing that two goal, those two that two goal lead to Leeds has has had the effect that losing the two goal lead to Wolves did. We went out against Arsenal after the Wolves yeah. game, and we absolutely left our souls in the dressing room because it just didn't come out. And we were blitzed in the first ten minutes, you know. And and while Newcastle didn't blitz us, you know, it's then Leeds really get beat, humped by Everton on yeah. on on the weekend and. Dan James doesn't play. I mean, Dan James is suddenly the best striker in the world when he plays against us. Having never been a striker and never been a goal scorer, he's suddenly the best striker in the world when he comes and plays at Villa Park. That's another a different story. But you know what I'm saying? Like three three with Leeds, Everton have just beat them three nil. The game after, maybe both teams were tired. I've seen a few people say that on Twitter. Maybe Villa and Leeds both put so much into that game, they were both tired. But we should, we should beat Watford on Saturday. They're as I say, they're a poor outfit. I suddenly go into it a little bit worried. I'm I'm worried because we should have beaten Watford day one and we didn't beat them. Oh yeah, they were a poor side then. To be fair, they were a really poor side. But what they did was they just started cleverly and Kucha, what's his name, Kucha, and he just bullied yeah. us in midfield. He just he did a George Shelby. So like again, a big strong man in midfield just bullied us. That's 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 what what he did. <laughs> but these midfielders that you're naming, it's not like you talk like. You're not talking about. We're not talking about Patrick Vieira, Yaya no. Torre. I'm the names I'm hearing from. It's not your fault. The names I'm hearing are Tom Cleverley, John Joe Shelver. Yeah. I'd fancy myself giving them them a game in midfield <laughs> if I had a bit of fitness behind me. We, we shouldn't be struggling against these players, and that, that does say a lot about our midfield at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, it, 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 it does. It's a problem area. I really felt I'm hitting the chair. I really felt that Gerard had. Done something with that midfield. I remember going on the radio and going on shows and talking about what Gerard had done to change things. I was like, "Oh, the midfield is is reinvented." If ever there's a man who's going to sort out the midfield, it's Steven Gerrard. But the midfield always seems the problem. I don't know if anyone else in the comments or anyone who's watching this live in the live chat doesn't think it's the midfield and thinks it's something else. I'd, I'd be really interested. I do think you, you you know you spoke about it at the start. The ball is not sticking to Ollie Watkins at the moment. It didn't in the in the Leeds game. He made a nice run for one of Ramsey's goals that they picked up on match of the day. The ball ain't sticking to him. He's not no. the Ollie Watkins of last season. I really wanted to come back because he was phenomenal last season. I thought he was absolutely excellent for his first season in the Premier League. It does just feel like there's something not something not right there for me. I can't put my finger on it either. 
you know. Um, I'm not one of these people that looks into, oh, his body language was this and that and whatever. I, I don't really look into that. Because, I am one of those people, and I always uh, yeah. say his body language doesn't look right. Yeah, it's just uh, I'm not digging him out. Again, I'm not digging him out at all because I really like him and I think he's a fantastic player. But there is something. It's either not clicking or there's something not right. I don't know if he's just suffering a bad patch, but he just he just he's not the threat he was last season, and the ball isn't sticking to him. I think he's been asking to do a, he's been asked to do a lot of hold up work, which I'm not necessarily sure yeah, is his is game. Great. I feel like he's having to do more of that this season than he did last season. Everyone running the channel, you know, he forced mistakes from defenders last season. This I'm, not, I'm not seeing that. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think you've actually you've actually realised it. So he's been asked to play as a traditional centre forward and being the next winger. He probably wants to come deep and pick up the ball like Coutinho does. But now he just doesn't have that option in his game because, yeah, maybe you do if there's just a Coutinho, Coutinho at 10. We've got Coutinho and Buendia there now, you know, and, and he's like, that's a, that's, that's a convoluted uh, part of the field anyway, you know, because of the amount of players that, that opposing teams will pop in there to try and stop attacks. But now Ollie Watkins doesn't have the option to try and get free and go there. So he's pretty much standing centrally and... Maybe it's not his game. Just like his game isn't poaching goals. Like he's he's not an unbelievable filler of the ball. Like his one on ones are, are, are fantastic. And we're not digging him out once again. I want to have no. another caveat. We're not. We're just trying to like his his strengths are playing himself into the game with his movement and stuff like that. And maybe he doesn't have that movement because if he tries to go out to the left wing, Dina's right there. Like because our fullbacks get up at the speed of light. And if he tries to come deep for it, when Dia and Coutinho are there, if he tries to go to the right, Cash is up in the edge of the box. So where actually in the field can he go? Or where can this where can a centre forward go in the field when when you have those two tens there? It's and I think maybe that's the reason. And so it'd be interesting to see if Ings finds patches of space. Um, or it would be interesting. And and, and the Leeds game, I'll go back to it again. This this even makes more sense as I'm talking about it now. And I haven't thought about this before. I'm just speaking as I'm thinking. That Leeds High Line really played into that, it played into our favour. So that we could actually get space in behind them because we yeah, sure as hell wonderful. Weren't, weren't able to get space, you know, to the left or right. It was straight straight in in front of them. So it's a real real it'd be interesting if things does get the start to see, does he find the patches of space? Does he find blades of grass that maybe Ollie Watkins can't? Um because if he doesn't, then the two tens might need to go. Well, Watkins, except for Brentford when he I think he had COVID, you know, Gerard has started him every single game since he's been here. So that's eleven out of twelve. So 11 out of 11, Watkins has been available for. He's played either up top or kind of as a hybrid left winger slash number 10. You know, so he's, he's played a lot of games now. And it's it's like Gerard's wanted to give him the chance to to be the, the goal scorer, but it hasn't really happened for him. He's, I think he's got two or three maybe under, under, under Gerard. I think Kings will start on Saturday because I think that's one of the only changes. He's talking about changes and the media's talking about changes. I genuinely think that's one of the only changes we can make. That I don't see what else he can do. That's going to mm. going to really really change things for us. That will be the changings for things for Watkins. I think I think <clears throat> I think we'll see the how will I put it. I think we'll see like, like Stephen Gerrard when he was in when Stephen Gerrard was in uh, Scotland. He was he could be pretty combative with the media. He could be pretty combative with uh, uh, you know calling out his own players and stuff like that. We haven't seen anything like that from him, and we wonder when if if that Stephen Gerrard will, will will come out, you know, in interviews and stuff. And I suppose will he? Like you mentioned, was it a statement to take off John McGinn? Does he start Sanson? Because the only like Sanson can start for John McGinn. They're similar type players. Does he maybe make that kind of kind of change? 
Um, or maybe like so that, some... com- that comment there on the screen. <clears throat> Fair enough. Obviously, you told your opinion. You can't. I don't think you can take it. McGinn and Louise out. There just isn't I the options there. If Nakamba's fit, if Nakamba's fit, you probably can. But that, or if it can say, you could, you could push Chambers into midfield and tell him literally stand here and do not let anyone pass you. But, but even but... that against Watford at home, I'd be like, why are we playing a centre back defensive yes. midfield? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think I, I don't think we can afford to look at it and go Watford at home. I think we need to have a look and go. We need to make this team tick some way, shape, or form because I don't think being at home is going to make any difference to this team at the mo- at this moment in time, because. You know, unless we have some sort of apparition, you know, with regards to creativity or or if Watford come and play a high line, which they just won't with uh, who are the two centre halves? Cat Carton. I mean, they've, oh, they've got the new guy. I've completely forgotten his name. Cathcart's been playing recently. Cathcart's like, been playing the centre half. They play, they play like four centre halves across their back four. So they're not going to play a high line. Um, they're going I to mean, Cathcart's been at Watford longer than I've been doing the Villa View, and I've been doing the Villa View yeah. for ages. So he's been there a long time. So, so they're going to dig in, look for a point, and we're going to need to break them down. And look, we do. We've got this guy here behind behind me. We've got him. We should be able to break them down. So it's not doom and gloom. I think we're we're, we're no. kind of we're kind of look. I'm, I know you don't usually swear on on this podcast. You're kind of pissed off, you know, at, at the weekend, and that's kind of what we're doing. We're trying to get the rats out of the bag here. Uh, but I still expect us to go and win at the weekend. I expect us to win and and keep a clean sheet, even. I would, that's what I would be expecting this team to do. Now, whoever goes out to play, Stephen Gerrard might decide to, you know, to throw um, the cat among the pigeons. And like, who knows? He might start Ramsey, Kearney, Sanson, and everyone's looking at it going, oh my God, what's he doing? Or maybe he does put Ashley Young in midfield in as a six or, or in as an eight, or maybe he plays him as a 10, you, you know, but he said he's going to make changes. So we'll see if he makes changes now, you know, and, the I fine mean, change definitely... change is if we get into the semantics of it, he's he's gonna have to make at least two. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've definitely come away from this with more questions than answers, I think, but it's been reasonably cathartic going over that game. Unfortunately for me, I've got to go over it again tomorrow <laughs> for the athletic. If ever there was a game I didn't want to talk about twice, it was this one. But thanks ever so much, Neil, for coming and chatting to me and braving it, because as we know, it was very, very grim. And thanks to everyone for watching as well. Purity are the sponsors of this show. Remember, you can get 10% off all their beer and ale if you use the code hashtag VillaView. So do go and check that out. We'll be back for a match preview of the Watford game at some point, although me and Neil did a good job of trying to cover that during this one because we didn't want to talk about the Newcastle game, obviously, for obvious reasons. Yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed the show in some weird way. I don't know why you would have done, but hopefully you have. And hopefully you'll join us again next time up the Villa. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.